Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name's Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. We're going to crack the secrets, man. The code behind Richard Corbin's color treatment on these old undergrounds. But first, man, Jimmy and I are comic book makers ourselves. And we have some wares on the streets, man. Here's Jimmy's Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive, trade paperback collection, collects all the image comics, Street Angel comics that he did uh, for like Mach 2 Street Angel most recently. My uh, best comics probably pound for pound. Yeah, man. Until until your next one. That's right. Until your next one. That's how we roll, man. Uh, but Jimmy has a Patreon as well where you can keep up with a lot of his behind-the-scenes work. Lots of PDFs of zines and things that he's published. Uh, you can get to those links in his link tree in the description below this video. And I have uh, Red Room Antisocial Network on the stands right now. This book collection is going going quickly man amazon bought more than half the print run and their print run their uh coffers are going away if you see this book collection in this in the stores you got to scoop it up because it's disappearing uh serializing the next round on my patreon and uh red room trigger warnings issue number one is going to be in the stores in uh early december all of our links are in our link trees in the description below this video but jimmy let's talk richard corbin's color treatment you, you never saw I'm going to just say it right now, like looking at those two issues that you have samples of, Ed, could there be cooler looking comics than these things? You know, like you think of what a comic book is and you hear somebody describe undergrounds and they sound good, but nothing is better looking than these, man. It's like alien art or something. It's just stunning, stunning. And nobody was doing uh, color the way Richard Corbin did it. And that's kind of the... You could also say nobody could do color the way Richard Corbin did it. Yeah, that's fair enough, man. We all wanted to do color like this. <laughs> I mean, this stuff like harkens back to like weird sci-fi paperback yeah. kind of artwork. Uh, you're seeing clear evidence of airbrush back here. and But you just never saw anything that looked like this before or since... And we found the documents, man, that kind of break down the Richard Corbin process a little bit by way of the back cover to a comic called Fever Dreams. This is the cover right here, uh, drawn by John Adkins, uh, John Adkins Richardson, but colored very apparently by, uh, by Richard Corbin, right? This John Atkins Richardson fellow did a book called The Complete Book of Cartooning. Very interesting book. It covers some, uh, this is one of those early, you know, how-to books. Yes. Getting into the uh, the nuts and bolts of comics production. And they're so interesting because, like, he has sections on offset printing, like four-color offset printing. You know, stuff that's a pretty wide range as to uh, what a cartoonist might need to know. Um, so a pretty fun how-to book as far as comics go. Some good, some good information in this and information that is still... I don't know if relevance the, the the best word, but still accurate sure. to this day. And very specifically, what's cool is that we're going to take a look at uh, this back cover to Fever Dreams. And Richardson describes Richard Corbin's process for achieving color like this, man. And we're going to see some examples. You even see here, it's probably like a photo stat of the original you see crop marks right here like these dudes man they're so uh rogue they're so gorilla that they're not even going to put down those taped registration dots they're just going to put that by hand and you see it says black plate so that would indicate the black ink line now there are two approaches like corbin from 
the legend of Richard Corbin was that, you know, he had access to offset print machines, worked at a printer or something like that, or had very close contact. Word on the street would be that he would actually not exactly know how this color would look at the end. He would have, just like your printers at home, you're not buying purple ink and you're not buying green ink. You're buying cyan ink, magenta, uh, yellow, and black. And those four colors are going to make up every color in the spectrum. There are four plates, four pieces of acetate that get stacked on top of each other uh, to, to create the full color that you see right here. And the word on the street was that he would take each of those plates and with black airbrush, just airbrush these tones. And through the, through the magic of uh, the print process, it would turn out like this. When you read the actual text here, it's describing something similar to that, but technology has advanced by this point in 1977, where, uh, you know, for a couple extra dollars, man, they uh, can take something... you. Richard Corbin can essentially airbrush this as he sees fit in full color. And they discovered like there are different gels that you could put in front of a camera to pull out the cyan, magenta, and yellow. Uh, very specifically talks about there's a certain purple gel that you could put in front of a black and white camera and it would make every area where there's yellow show up as black. So you snap that photo, develop it as black on the plate, delineate that as your yellow plate. So everything that you see here in black, there's a hundred from the looks of this, right? A hundred percent of yellow to make everything, but the background and this like unicorn. That's really interesting because he's doing like, you know, I wondered if this was a black line process where you'd remove the, the black part right. that's going to print black, but it looks like that's part of it. So, you know, if it's black, it's like a four, what would be like a four color black. And that means that you're not just printing black, you're printing uh, at least percentages of CM and Y as part of that black. Right. And the reason you might do that would be so the black is not jarring as separate from the other colors. You, uh, on other videos mentioned that like in black and white, photography red reads as as black so they specifically talk about that stuff here like you don't want to put a true red next to black because when you set up those gels mm -hmm. you're gonna get pull some black in uh the camera's not going to be able to tell what's what and you'll see examples of that in comics when you see that magenta going over the black uh of the ink line and stuff like you'll see versions of that so here's the magenta part well, you could see like getting into the gradients, you know, like where this orange is, you're seeing that magenta plate fading out. Um, interesting how that's pulled. I had no idea that that's how they did it. Yeah. You know, with these with these color uh, block gels makes sense whenever you say it. But uh, what a strange technique, you know, like as a person producing the comics, how many of us never think about how this is actually done? Yeah. And, and it makes a lot of sense when uh, you start to look at those like early like Windsor McKay watercolored uh, Sunday pages and stuff, and you see brush strokes. So it's clearly not the Connecticut old ladies cutting out 
ruby lith or mm -hmm. something there's something else happening because uh what you can do in, in fact to get this image to print in this book you have that photograph and then you run it through a stat camera to get the black dots so that it can actually be printed uh replace black dots with magenta dots and on top of 100 percent yellow with those magenta dots congratulations you got orange yeah, and that's known as a halftone process. So that's something that I used to see at you know at the print shop I worked at. We would photograph. You would take a photograph and you would you would shoot it with this halftone camera to get your screen, and you could adjust the size of those dots. You know, with distance and different different techniques. As uh, Dan Klaus told us in his Apple commercial, man, there's no blue in uh, in <laughs> in like this in skin tone, and there's no blue in orange either, man. So you see that that is completely. Uh, this is the blue plate, uh, almost 100% blue in everything. Isn't it interesting that there's like so much blue, so much magenta, it's so much yellow, and it's not black or gross. It's not all the same color. Yeah, it's really interesting. The other thing that I would take away, if you're Richard Corbin and you're seeing these color plates, you know, you have to look at this and be like, oh yeah, I could just do that. I could just paint, I could just airbrush. You know, it looks just like it's airbrushed on your blue plate. So like if you saw the plates, then you go back to the lab, to the studio, and you start playing around with your own, making your own color separations or manipulating the color separations to blend these colors that you want. Yeah, I mean, it's it might be possible to even just get hold of the plates and spruce them up a bit. Absolutely, and I think that he would do that. And I think one of the reasons it's so hard to know his process is because I think he played with this, you know, different different pieces on uh, different piece, different different covers, right? I don't know that he had one go-to system. I think it was like everything's available. If I've got an idea of, how, of, of something that I want to see, there's a reason his covers don't look like anyone else's, you know. And if he has that vision, this is one more tool that you could apply, whether it's starting from a finished painting and getting your seps or manipulating those seps to right. look like what we see here. Going through this book uncovering this this cover and seeing a glimpse into Richard Corbin's process perfect cartoonist kayfabe fodder man and here just you know let's look at some more examples of that color this is um it reminds me of like whenever you do screen printing and it's like you can work directly on those exposed screens you know yeah. you can add more uh, cover up or whatever in order to to draw directly on it or to scratch things off and stuff so it's not you know, it's not unusual for an artist to go back into the printing pieces and then manipulate those further. And uh, and yeah, of course, Richard Corbin. I mean, you know, look at his stuff. This is Richard it's Corbin an artist. on top of uh, Von, Von Baudet, it looks like. Oh, wow. Super cool. Yeah, I mean, they, they, it's just spectacular. Like, imagine seeing the separations of an image like this. Yeah, man. Super cool. And you just see blues airbrushed in there, yellows airbrushed in there. Like something like this, you could easily make that argument that he's he's just going full bore airbrush on this on the separations, man. Yeah, and why not? If if imagine that you got your separations first and then you're looking at it and go, Yeah, I'll put a little more magenta around here. You know, it would look cool on the knee. It, it looks like a painting, you know, and, and you can you can see a good oil painting where the colors do come out. You know, you can see these hints of colors and so I can imagine an, an artist like Richard Corbin looking for that in his printed pieces. One of the great color artists in comics. Uh, nobody else like him. Completely no. singular. Always a pleasure to put his work under the microscope. And he's a cartoonist that I think about very regularly. He is, he is in the front of my thoughts all, of, all the time. 
we 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 lost him in 2020 i believe uh, i was gunning to try to get a shoot interview and i was so glad when mike mignola told us that he was kind of hermetic and really doesn't yeah talk with people because that made me feel like okay like we we didn't we try as we may like it just would never have happened man but we could still enjoy the work we could still dissect the work we could still read the comics man and uh so incredible like really one of the most singular visual artists i can think of in any media such an influence man influenced generations of cartoonists man they often would sing his praises man that and inspired countless eyeballs i feel like this is the stuff you look at where your rods and cones are thanking you <laughs> and i'm thanking the kayfabe audience out there man for watching this video but we got to get back to it jimmy there are comics that need a drawing kayfabers like follow subscribe to the youtube channel hit the bell will notify you when new vids are available what you got out there man join me on patreon.com slash jim rug where you can download a dozen of my out of print zines and mini comics you can see a lot of my original art sketches layouts scripts and process by which i make comics like street angel plain janes octobriana and more that is at patreon.com slash jim rug Red Room, the anti-social network book collection in stores right now, man. Get it while it's hot because uh, these comics are flying off the shelves. Uh, Red Room, trigger warnings, issue number one. Going to hit the stands in December. Get that put on your pull list. It's going to be coming out on a monthly basis. Uh, I'm serializing those comics on my Patreon. First issue is completely on the Patreon now for three bucks. Uh, get to all these links in my link tree in the description below this video. What else, Jim? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. All right, man. Give them those marching orders. We're going to be on our way. Read more comics.